so much. Miss Heidi, thank you for your ministry to us. Miss Robin, thank you for your ministry to us today. Love that old song written by George Bernard from Albion. Amen. And uh, we had a dear lady in our church for many years, Miss Rio Parker. And Rio sung in a quartet with George Bernard. And I remember doing Rio's memorial service. She was 100 years old, born before the Titanic sunk, literally. Amen. And I remember thinking about that. Think about a person who was born in 1912 and died in 2012. Think of the changes in the world. Any other hundred years you could go back and think of, and there wouldn't be that many changes. But boy, 1900 to 2000, wow. What, a, what change? By the way, all that makes me think is even so, come Lord Jesus. Any moment, amen. Praise the Lord. Well, this is our third message here from Hebrews chapter 11. We looked uh, two weeks ago from verses 1 through 3 at the explanation of faith. We, we looked at the differentiation of faith there. We looked at the description of faith. And again, I, I like Chris Wells' definition. He said, faith is the solid, unshakable confidence in God which is built on the assurance that He will be faithful to His promises. That's what faith is, amen? And we're talking about biblical faith, the Christian faith, amen? So there's the description of faith. The decoration of faith, it says in verse number 2, for by it, faith, the elders obtained a good report. We're going to look at one in particular today. And then the deduction of faith in verse number 3. For by faith we understand, through faith we understand, that the worlds were framed by the Word of God. That, that listen, God spake and it was. What does that take? It takes faith. It takes faith. to. By the way, it takes a whole lot more faith to believe the other way around. Amen? It's just simple faith that says, look, the Bible says God created the heavens and the earth. I believe that. Amen. Just simply believe. So last week we looked at the faith of Abel, uh, that character there, uh, known in uh, verse number 4 of chapter uh, 11. We looked at the way of Abel's faith. It was by faith in the Word. It was also by the shedding of blood. Remember, Abel uh, sacrificed that, uh, the, the lamb. Uh, but then we looked at the worth of Abel's faith. When <clears throat> he did sacrifice the lamb, it was, first of all, it was a sacrifice. Not only financially, emotionally, amen, it was a sacrifice. But it was, there was also shedding of blood. The shedding of blood. The Bible says in Hebrews 9.22, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. And then it was also a substitute, that lamb that, that died in the place uh, of, of Abel, amen? And we look at that, and it's such a beautiful picture of Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, dying in our place for our sin. We know that, that old song, I should have been crucified, I should have suffered and died. But Jesus, thank God by His grace, took my place. Amen. And uh, so it was a substitute, the worth of Abel's faith. Then we looked at the witness of Abel's faith. It says by faith that he was righteous, by faith that he had God's approval. And then, very interesting, the wonder of Abel's faith. What is that? That all these years later, he being dead, yet speaketh. You know, aren't you glad, we, we mentioned this in last week's message, but aren't you glad you can think of people that, that you knew in the faith that have long passed on 
And yet, the lessons that they taught you still speak to you. Amen? By the way, that's such a reminder. Such a reminder that what we do ripples through eternity. It really does. I I think of a, a couple that I never got to meet. Many of you know, but I'm looking forward to meeting them. And that's Theron and Eldora Tuttle. I am looking forward to meeting those precious people. Listen, when they passed away, they left a chunk of their estate to our church. We gave it some of it to missionaries, some of it we used for improvements. I think we bought our bus with some of that money. And you know what? Those people have passed away now 15 years, and they're still chalking up rewards in heaven. He being dead yet speaketh. So today we're looking at the, the second person mentioned in this hall of faith. And if you look at verse number 5, you see his name. It says, by faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. And as we previously mentioned last week, and Enoch is one of three characters in this chapter that do not have any sort of mark or, or blot against them, against their character in the Word of God. And that the other two would be uh, Abel and Joseph. Again, we do understand that the Bible says, for all have sinned. Amen. We understand that. But uh, there, there's nothing listed uh, in the Word of God against uh, these three here. He's mentioned, Enoch is mentioned nine times in the Word of God. Six times in the Old Testament, we're going to go back and look at those verses, and then three times in the New Testament. He's mentioned in Luke 3.37 in the genealogy of Christ, which says, which was the son of Methuselah, which was the son of Enoch, which was the son of Jared. You know those passages, amen. You dread those passages when you're reading your Bible. I know you do. Uh, Then there's Jude 14. We've been studying that uh, before our uh, Christmas break there. It says, and Enoch also the seventh from Adam prophesied of these, saying, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints. What a prophecy that was that Enoch gave. He said, the Lord's going to return. And by the way, ladies and gentlemen, he's not returning to shake hands. He's returning to judge the ungodly. Amen? He's returning. And so, and then obviously here, the third time is in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 5. We see it there. As we will many times in this chapter, let's go back to Genesis chapter number 5. By the way, Genesis is a wonderful book of the Bible. It's the book of beginnings, amen? And uh, you ought to be familiar with Genesis. I think uh, Brother Steve Sammons had mentioned to me, Pastor, have you considered doing a a series on Genesis, such an important book of the Bible? I'm I'm thinking more and more about it, Brother Steve, amen? And uh, haven't been in the the, uh, series on Joseph, and even this series, we're in Genesis uh, quite a bit here. Uh, But if you look at verse number 18... We'll begin reading in verse 18 here. Just follow along, if you would. We get introduced to this character, Enoch. It said, And Jared lived 162 years, and he begat Enoch. And Jared lived after he begat Enoch 800 years, and begat sons and daughters. You say, Pastor, did he really live to be 962 years old? Yes, they did. 
Amen. Live longer. I believe there's some reasons for that. I, I believe, obviously, uh, the lack of, of sin uh, helps with that, but also I believe in that what's called the canopy theory. It, 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 it lends itself to longer life. It's a, a message I don't have time to preach, but uh, the, these, these periods of time that we read, we, we're like, wow, that's a long time. It was, but then you see it go down very quickly after the flood. Amen. And uh, so uh, we see here in verse number 19, and Jared lived after he begat Enoch 800 years and begat sons and daughters, and all the days of Jared were 962 years, and he died. And Enoch lived 60 and 5 years and begat Methuselah. And Enoch, <clears throat> what church? Walked with God. After he begat Methuselah, 300 years, and begat sons and daughters, and all the days of Enoch were 365 years. And Enoch, what? Walked with God. And he was not, for God took him. By the way, there's a wonderful Father's Day message in there. He walked with God after his son was born. Very interesting. Let's, let's look at this if we could today, and, and I'd like to look at three different characteristics about Enoch and uh, going back to Hebrews chapter 11. But let's notice, first of all, number one, he walked with God. He walked with God. It says, and all the days of Enoch were 365 years, Genesis 5.24, and Enoch walked with God. Enoch lived a much shorter life. 365 years compared to his father, Jared, who would live 962 years, and God allowed him to be the father of Methuselah, who would live to be 969 years old. But something happened after Methuselah was born. For the next 300 years, the Bible says that Enoch walked with God. Can I tell you something? I love walking. I love except in softball. I don't like it in softball. Amen. I do I will not suffer walks in softball. I'll swing at bad pitches before I, I walk. No, I really do. I I love to take walks. And all this happened, really, I, I didn't always like, I remember growing up uh, in, in high school, and I played three sports in high school, uh, and uh, forgive me, we were always running. I don't like running. I really don't. I feel like I ran enough in four years of high school to last for the rest of my life, amen? Uh, but I love to walk, and part of the reason why it happened not long after I got saved, I had been saved probably probably about two months, and some friends of mine, guys that I had uh, hung with before I was saved, said to me, asked me, they said, hey, there's a particular rock band that was in town that I used to love to listen to. And again, mind you, I'd only been saved two months. And they said, do you want to go see? And they named the band. And they said, they're in town, you know, 40 miles away. And uh, I said, yeah, let's do it, you know. And uh, so we went, we got tickets, we parked, and uh, we were walking towards the venue, large venue in the middle of Massachusetts, Worcester Centrum. 
and we came, Brother Dave, to some train tracks. And we looked, and we were, we were walking, and we saw this slow mover. Clunk, 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 clunk. And it got there right before we did. And so now we're stuck. We're stuck at these train tracks. Now, mind you, we're in our early 20s. You see, you do dumb things when you're in your early 20s and newly saved. So we're looking down there, Miss Robin, and that kerklunker is going to be a while. It might even take us through the whole concert. So one of my buddies says, hey, let's just hop it. Let's just hop it. I mean, it's going literally like two miles an hour. Got right on, walked across, got ready to get off. My one buddy jumped off. My next buddy jumped off. I jumped off. And Brother Ben, I heard the most ungodly sounds in my ankle when I jumped off. And it went, and I looked down and was like, ow, ooh, ooh, ah, well, all right, you know, I'll be fine. I'll, I'll just walk. We went to the concert. Our seats were in the top row. My ankle was beginning to hurt a little bit, Miss Mary, you know, but, you know, you're, forgive me, you're enjoying the show and all that, and so I, I put it up like this, and it uh, didn't take me nearly as long to stretch that high back then, amen, and I'm, I'm just kind of rubbing on it, and, well, I don't know if you understand this kind of a thing, but when you put 10,000 people in a facility, the hot air rises. About the worst thing in the world for a swollen ankle is to hot, have hot air all around it. That's why they put ice on things like that right away. Concert ends. I get ready to take that first step down. And the pain that shot from my ankle to my brain, back down to my ankle, I cannot describe how excruciating that was. Just like, oh! And... My buddies were with me, and, and they're trying to, trying to help me, but I'm still a bigger guy. And one of my buddies was a firefighter. And we got out, and I literally, I thought, Brother Swaffer, I was going to have to, like, push myself on the ground, and, like, we, we can't move. And my buddy, who was a fireman, firemen's carried me all the way back to the car. Can I tell you something? After that, I had to be on crutches. only time I heard I had to be on crutches, and I think about my son Luke, how he broke his leg this year and stuff. I have never taken walking for granted ever again. I know this. Miss Betty Wiesner would love to take a walk. He, he walked with God. I, I love this idea that, that is communicated here in this text. And I want to just under that, you know, point number one is he walked with God. And I just want to give you some subpoints, just some basic principles uh, about walking that some of them are so simple. You'd be like, why did I think of that? Uh, principles. First of all, if you're going to walk, you must be born. I mean, I know that's so basic to think about. Like everybody who has walked has been born. Genesis 5, 18, and Jared lived uh, 162 years and begat Enoch. No one walks that's not born. Can I tell you, can we apply this to our spiritual life? 1 John 5, 1 says, Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. 
Can I tell you this? Nobody walks with God who's not born of God. Nobody walks with God who's not been born again, saved, received Jesus Christ. John 1.12 says, But as many as received Him, to them gave He the power to become the sons of God, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Listen to me. When you understand that you're a sinner, and you understand that you've broken God's law, and you understand that there's a wages for sin, and you understand that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sin, and you ask Jesus to save you, that is what it is to be born again. And if you're going to walk with God, you need to be born again. See, that's the problem. There's a lot of people who are trying to walk with God, but they've never been born of God. And it's impossible. You know why? Can two walk together except they be agreed, Amos 3.3 says? The answer to that is no, they can't. So just some principles concerning walking. You must be born. If you're going to walk with God, you're going to have to be born again. Secondly, after you're born... If you're going to walk, you're going to have to take nourishment. Every time I see little Colton, I think that child is so undernourished. No, I don't. I think, does that child ever stop eating? He's in, Miss, Miss Heidi said he's, he'll, he'll be, what, uh, six, eight months, and he's in eight, five months, and he's in 18-month clothes. That boy gets hangry. Amen? He gets angry. Listen, a baby, we know this, a baby needs nourishment to grow, correct? How about this? Remember what Job said? He said, I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. You know what? If you're going to walk with God, first of all, you're going to have to be born of God. Secondly, you're going to have to take nourishment from God. Psalm 19, verse 9 and 10. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than the honey and the honeycomb. Psalm 119, 103. How sweet are thy words to my taste, yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. 1 Peter 2, 2 puts it this way. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow thereby. Some of you want to walk with God. Great. You've been born of God. Great. Now learn to daily take nourishment from God. I've... Remember those days. I was in Bible college two years after I was saved. Just two years. And I remember what it was to have an insatiable appetite for the Word of God. By the way, I didn't have that right away. I I had an appetite for the Word of God, but it was just within that two-year period, it was just, oh, I couldn't get enough of learning about the Word of God. God help us to be that way, amen? It's that way in our younger Christianity. Some of you are younger Christians. It ought to be that way. That's normal Christianity. Those of us maybe that kind of pushed away a little bit, well, you know, I've been reading it a few years now. Listen, we need to get back to those days where we just gobble it up. Gobble it up. 
So if you're going to walk, think about it. You need to be born. You need to take nourishment. How about this? This is interesting. You must learn to crawl first. Why? There's a natural progression of growth. Sometimes we, we see that, that Christian in our lives that we admire, and there's nothing wrong with that, and we, we think, well, I want to I you know, have that kind of growth and have that. Listen, you've got to learn to crawl first. You've got to learn to crawl first. Uh, I like to say this in regards to uh, Sunday school. Listen, you need, I recommend you be a helper before you be a teacher. Right? Amen. So you can learn something. I think about, listen, there's a natural progression of both. Uh, the, the, the baby, uh, they lift their head. You, know, you put them on their belly, and what do they do? They lift their head up, and then pretty soon they're, they're pushing themselves up with their arms, getting stronger. They roll over, they wiggle, next thing you know, they start crawling. By the way, isn't it awesome to watch a baby crawl? Like each one crawls different. Uh, some like that, that circle crawl where they just crawl with one arm and just go... And then all the ones, you know, they're, they're pushing with their backside and then with their hands. And Listen, the Bible talks about this in, in 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 4 through 8. It says, Wherefore are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature. And it says this, And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. And to virtue, knowledge, and to knowledge, temperance, and to temperance, patience, and to patience, godliness, and to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, charity. What is that? It's a natural progression, in this case a supernatural progression, of growth that takes place. I think there's a fine line to being understanding growth and being satisfied with where you are in your growth and not stagnating in your growth. Amen? They're, they're, you, you listen, don't, don't compare yourself to other people when it comes to growth. Don't do that. Don't do that. Brother, Brother Stark and I were talking yesterday. It's a great conversation. We were talking about grief and how some well-meaning people, that's the, the conclusion that we came to, Brother Darren, amen, well-meaning people will say to somebody that's grieving, if it's been a long time, they'll say, you just need to get over that. And that is, listen, I, I, you know, the, the, we all know that that's, forgive me, that's a dumb thing to say. It's, a, it's just, and let me tell you, by the way, Brother Darren and I are talking about, let me tell you why people say that. They miss you before the grief. They miss the you that was happy and joyful and, and all this, and they want you to get back to that. Well, people that have been through grief, for some people, grief lasts a very brief time. They, they grieve. They say, look, you know what? My loved one's in heaven. I'll see him then. And then for other people, it takes a very, very long time. But this idea that growth, growth and grief, very similar we talked about the race that is set before us. You know, each one of us has a race, and your race is not my race, and my race is not your race. You know what you, know what you need to do? You Listen, you need to grow like God would have you to. Not like somebody else does. Now, again, I think we should be, evaluate our, am I growing? 
If I'm not growing, what's in my life that's preventing me from growing? That's different. But this idea, growth, grief, our race, they're all different. So you must learn to crawl first. You must learn to crawl first. If you're going to walk with God, you're going to have to be part of the natural progression of growth. And I, I preached on this last year, but I, I made mention of this. In nature, all real growth is slow. Real growth. You know, sometimes in church, we, we want the news, you know, we had uh, 487 people saved. Nobody baptized, but 487 people saved. Okay. Well, did the church grow? Come on now. Okay. Listen, all real growth, we have, we have saplings on our property. We have saplings. You know what they'll be next year? They'll be a little bit bigger than a sapling. You know what they'll be a year after that? A little bit bigger. You know, uh, uh, Brother Weiss, we have huge oaks on our property. I don't know how long those things have been there, but they're huge. I know this, they didn't get to be huge in a day or a year or 10 years. Listen, if you're going to walk with God, you're going to have to be born of God. Amen? You're going to have to take nourishment from God. You're going to have to, listen, you're going to have to go through the natural progression of growth. You're going to have to crawl first. You're going to have to crawl. Let me give you something here, along with walking with God. You'll need help. You'll need help. If you're going to walk with God, if you're going to walk, you'll need help. One of the sweetest pictures, you know, you go through pictures through the year, and, and, and you know, we live in the age of digital pictures, which is a lot better than Polaroids. Oh my goodness, I old. Remember you used to have to get like all these pictures developed and you just throw away like 25 out of 26 of them? You're like, okay, these are all gone, they're all bad. Now you just go delete. One of the sweetest pictures I have is from 2014. My wife is, was walking ahead of me. I had Katia in the stroller. She was just six months old. And my wife had, we were at Disney. My wife had each of the boys, one on each hand. And she was hold, they were holding her hand. And I just, I saw it, and I was like, I got to take that picture. I got, I just stopped, and, you know, I took that picture. And it is just so sweet to me to think about now. And the last time we were at Disney, I took their pictures, and Eric is this tall. And I made him do the same thing. I'm like, all right, walk in front of me. Totally staged, amen, you know. Listen, those boys who now run and jump and play ball, and pretty soon they're going to be adults, they needed help. I remember, I've got a video of Katia. Yeah. I'm telling you, that's what it was. I was like, was that child been into cooking wine or something? What's going on here? Amen. She was just, just learning to walk. Do you remember the story of Paul when he got saved on the Damascus Road? Saul? Remember that God appeared to a man named Ananias, and he said, Ananias, I want you to go and find Saul of Tarsus. He's praying, 
And Ananias did what you and I would have done. He said, excuse me? He said, that Saul, the one who's wreaking havoc on the churches? But you remember what happened. God said, no, I've chosen him. He's a chosen. And Ananias brought him into the, Ananias brought him into the fellowship of God's people. And he helped. Remember, he was blind. So you know what he did? He took him by the hand and he helped him to what? Walk. You know, each one of us is a Christian. I don't know any Christian who got to be walking with God consistently who didn't have some help. Part of my job as a pastor is to help you walk with God. Just part, part of my, it's a, by the way, it's just a wonderful privilege to be able to do that. Have people say, hey, pastor, do you, you know about a book on this particular subject or this particular book of the Bible that you could recommend? And I do, and sometimes it'll help folks to walk with God. You know how to think about somebody you could help walk with God. It's one of the reasons why I love the ladies' fellowship. I love the men's prayer breakfast. Just ways we help each other walk with God. Everybody who walks is born. Everybody who walks takes nourishment. Everybody who walks learned to crawl first. Everybody who walks needs help. How about this? Everybody who walks starts with baby steps. Baby steps. Babies take little steps. You know what? Baby Christians take little steps. I love it when Christians come to me as their pastor and say, Pastor, I got convicted about, let's, let's just say, let's just use liquor for, for instance, okay? Because I remember what it was when I got convicted about liquor. So I got convicted about liquor, and you know what? Uh, I, t- I took all the, I took all the, beer out of my fridge and I just I, I poured it down the drain you know what that is that's a baby step somebody listen somebody comes to me and say pastor I'm convicted about cigarettes I'm down to five a day now most of us would say well you ought to be down to none a day well good for you you know angelic visitor from heaven today amen hey how about that one that was smoking a pack a day and he's down to five hmm you know what? That's a baby step. I, I remember getting getting rid of my music, and I, I've heard I've heard the, the the people that said, "Oh, I got rid of all my rock music in all one day and everything." I didn't. I said, "All right, I'm giving up this. This is the worst stuff right here. I'm getting rid of this stuff, but I'm still kind of hanging on to this stuff." You know what I believe the Holy Spirit says? He said, "I'll take that. I want it all, but I'll take that." Baby step. Baby steps. Baby steps are okay. You're a new Christian? Take baby steps. Take baby steps of surrender to the Lord. Take, take baby steps saying, look, I'm going to read one verse every day. Say, I want to read three chapters every day. Well, I'll take a baby step of somebody that will read a verse every day than somebody that says I'm going to read three chapters and doesn't. God doesn't expect you to be a super Christian overnight. By the way, God doesn't ever expect you to be a super Christian. But he does expect you to take baby steps of obedience. Bible reading, prayer, church attendance. More than just Sunday morning and all God's people said.
witnessing to coworkers and neighbors and giving of your finances and of your time, talents, and treasure. If you're going to walk with God, you're going to have to take some baby steps. How about this? In walking, of course, you'll have to take baby steps. You will need some help. You have to crawl first. You have to take nourishment. You have to be born. How about this? If you're going to walk, you'll stumble. Hmm? You'll stumble. Babies stumble and fall, and those that are helping them learn to walk and pick them up and help them uh, to dust off. By the way, uh, that's why no baby should be left alone. Not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together. There's a lot of togethers. There's a lot of one another's in the New Testament. You ought to look up that phrase if you have a Bible program. One another in the epistles. Think about, you know, churches that commit spiritual abortion. Say, what is that? That's just leaving babies to themselves. We wouldn't do that with a real baby, just put them on the corner and say, well, they've been born, it's up to them now. No. 1 John 2, 1 and 2 says, My little children, these things have I written unto you that you sin not. And if any man sin, such an interesting phraseology there. He said, I'm writing to this to you so that you won't sin. But you will. What he says. If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Listen to me. As a baby Christian, you're going to stumble. You still have a temper. You'll lose it occasionally. By the way, when you lose it, don't justify it. Ah, I was just born this way. And my retort is always, did you get born again? No. Oh. Listen, you're going to stumble. Forgive me, that, that sin that had a hold of you, the devil doesn't like giving up ground. And he comes back with a vengeance. And he's going to try, and he's going to try to tempt you with that sin which does so easily beset you. And you know what? You will stumble. But the Bible says in Proverbs 24, 16, a just man falleth seven times and riseth up again. So you know what that is? A just man falls seven times and gets up eight times. Hmm? You'll stumble. If you're going to walk, you'll stumble. If you're going to walk with God, you'll stumble. You will stumble. Anybody says to me, oh, I've never stumbled. I've, uh, I haven't sinned since 1974. Listen, you just did because you're a liar, liar, pants on fire, hanging from the telephone wire. Amen? No. We all stumble. We all have things that we're not proud of. We're all... How about this one? If you're going to walk, you should continue to go forward. Hmm? Listen, I, I try. and I, I, I haven't done very well. I haven't, haven't uh, uh, obeyed my New Year's sermon. 
which was uh, the intentional Christian life, about walking. I try, try to walk four miles every day, weather, coldness. You, I could put up any excuse you want. I just haven't done a real good job about it. I need to go forward. That's what walking is. I, I usually walk four miles, and it takes me a little over an hour. But not if I just stop. Got to keep going. Right? Got to keep walking. You got, if you're going to walk with God, you got to go forward. Yes, yeah, you stumble. You're going to, listen, if you're going to reach the destination, not just keep going around in circles like the rotaries out here, the roundabouts, amen? By the way, does anybody have a better time on roundabouts than Mr. Anderson? He had the bus going around there. I'll take a video. How about this in regards to walking? You should enjoy the journey. Hmm? You should enjoy the journey. Walking is a blessing. Can I tell you this? Walking with God's a blessing. Enjoy the journey. Enjoy the journey. How about this? In walking with God, you should enjoy the companionship. I like it when my kids, in the warmer months, they don't so much do it now, especially Katia. She'll say, Dad, you want to go for a walk? Oh. By the way, sometimes I don't. But I always do. Because I know pretty soon you're not going to be there. You know what? One of the songs we love most of all in our hymnal. And he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I am his own and the joy we share as we tarry there none other has ever known. Walked with God. Secondly, and these last two are real quick, I promise. If you look at Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 5, it says, And Enoch, by faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he what? He pleased God. So number one, Enoch walked with God. Number two, he pleased God. But then it tells us how to please God in the next verse. But without faith, it is impossible to please. You know why it's impossible to please God without faith? Because you're trying to please God in your flesh, in your sinful flesh, in your righteousness, and all of our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. You cannot please God in the flesh in fleshly effort, through fleshly muster. It has to be by faith in Jesus Christ. Everybody that we're going to read about and study about and preach about in this chapter did what they did by faith. You and I are no different. We walk by faith and not by sight. 
By faith, Enoch walked with God. But by faith, he pleased God. Notice the great impossibility in verse number 6. What's the great impossibility? But without faith, it is what? It's impossible. You cannot do it without faith. Just as walking with God requires agreeing with God, so too pleasing God requires trusting God. But then there are the great imperatives in the rest of the verse, not only the great impossibility, but the great imperatives. Without faith, it's impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is. Starts right there, believing in God's existence. It tells us, he that cometh to God. You have to come to God. It said, then it says this, it says, uh, for he must believe that God is and that he is a rewarder. Believe that God rewards. And then it says, of them that diligently seek him. Diligently seeking God. These are the imperatives here. Believing in God's existence, coming to God, believing that God rewards, and diligently seeking Him. Listen, do you want to please God? Increase your faith. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. So he walked with God. To walk, you must be born. You must take nourishment. You must crawl first. You, you need help. You'll have to take baby steps. You'll stumble. You can continue to go forward. You should enjoy the journey. You should enjoy the companionship. You must be in agreement with the person to walk with them. And then not only did he walk with God, but he pleased God. The great impossibility. It's impossible to please him without faith. The great imperatives there. And then I love this. In verse 5, by faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. In John Dunn's devotions, upon emergent occasions, meditation number 17, he wrote this. Now this bell tolling softly for another says to me, Thou must die. Perchance he for whom the bell tolls may be so ill that he knows not that it tolls for him. Any man's death diminishes me because I am involved in mankind and therefore never send to know for whom the bell tolls, it tolls for thee. Enoch is one of two people in the Old Testament and the first person in history that did not have to walk through the valley of the shadow of death, the other being Elijah. You say, what is this, Pastor? Enoch walked with God. Enoch <clears throat> pleased God. And lastly this morning, Enoch was rewarded by God. Can I tell you this? God has and always will reward faith in Him. He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. One day, every Christian will get to cheat death. You say, you're talking about the rapture, Pastor? No. 
I'm talking about the second death. You know what? If you're saved, the wages of sin is death, but not for you. Hmm? Why? Because Jesus died on the cross to save you. And the reward for that, for simply receiving Christ, what's the reward? Heaven. Now, by the way, there is an entire generation of Christians that's going to cheat death twice when God comes in the rapture to take his children home. Could be today. Could be today. Could be before the business meeting. I like business meetings. I'm just kidding. Amen. No, really. Hey, would that be bad? No, it wouldn't. Oh, my. Those of us that know Christ, obviously we know folks that don't know Christ. I mean, that's, that's a hard part. But I think about how every Christian will cheat death. And not only will we cheat it, but we'll actually, the Bible says, the last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. 1 Corinthians 15, 26. One day we're going to be rewarded to watch death be destroyed. There will be no more death. I'm going to tell you this. If you'll walk with God, you'll please God. And you'll be rewarded by God. One day you'll stand at the judgment seat of Christ and people will have been affected by you who you didn't even meet or know. I can tell you this through just a small illustration. And I don't, I don't like personal pat-on-the-back illustrations because I, I don't I think you understand where I'm going with this. We have, through Carrie's cancer, we have met so many people through social media that, you know, I... I met you here or there, and, and you probably don't remember me, or this or that, and you're, you're just blown away that these people care, that these people, you've made an impact in their life. If you'll walk with God, remember, there's a progression, isn't there? Got to be born of God, got to take nourishment, got to crawl first, you're going to need some help, amen. We're all there, we're all there. But if you'll walk with God, by faith, you'll please God. Set out to please God. I'm going to please God. I'm putting my faith in Him. As, as the song said, trusting Jesus. You will be rewarded by God. He not got that ultimate reward. Him and God were walking together. Just picture it. There they are, walking and talking. And God said to Enoch, Hey, Enoch. We're closer to my house than we are to your house. Why don't you just come and spend the day at my house because here there is no night. Faith of Enoch. How's your walk with God? Hey, we're 29 days deep. And I've been, I've been trying real hard on social media to say, hey, keep up with that Bible reading. Keep up with that body. You can do it. You can't, even if you're, I don't care if you're 28 days behind, you can do it. I mean it. You can do it. You just, you double up and the next thing you know, in 28 days, you'll be ahead. Amen. You can do, you can walk with God. You can spend time in prayer. Say, Pastor, I, I don't have a lot of time. Listen, if you're driving in the car, 
instead of cussing at traffic, start praying. Amen. <laughs> now, don't close your eyes, please. Amen. I'm telling you, they're, 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 you, you, can, you can walk with God. He wants to walk with you. You're His child. Is there anything sweeter than getting to walk with your children? I think the older we get, listen, some of you grandparents wish you could walk, take a walk with your children. To walk with your child. Your chi- listen, your father wants to walk with you. wants you to please Him. He's given you the mode to be able to do it. Faith in Him. We don't please Him in our own efforts. Please Him by exercising faith and obeying His Word. We'll do that. We'll be rewarded. Father, thank You. Thank You for this, Lord, simple lesson, this wonderful character, Enoch.